You're listening to Exeter Eagles football on the Exeter Sports Network. Hello and welcome to the Exeter Football Roundup, a weekly podcast dedicated to highlights of Exeter football, brought to you by Penn State Health St. Joseph Medical Center. Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. This week's 35-0 victory by the Eagles over Daniel Boone in the annual Pig Iron Bowl introduced us to starting quarterback Mason Rotelli, who threw for three touchdowns and ran one in. Rotelli compiled 157 passing yards on 12 for 16 passing with no interceptions. Exeter also ran 39 times for 177 yards, giving them a total of 334 yards of offense. A solid defensive effort by the Eagle defense shut down Boone at every opportunity, holding them to 90 total yards of offense. The great all-around effort kept Exeter high in the state rankings for 5A, retaining their season opening spot at 7th. Now to the highlights. Exeter opened the scoring late in the first quarter after driving to the 10, where Rotelli connected with tight end Joey Schlaufer to put their team in scoring position. Ritelli in the gun. He's got the eye next to him. Sidecar Carter Redding behind him. Ritelli rolling left, fires it across his body. Looking for Schlopper again. Found him. Had a little bit of a an offensive block right here. Couldn't follow the play, so it was all you. Yeah, no, Schlopper just coming across. And that cross. Uh, coming. I think he the goal line. That's right. He made the catch inside, inside the, the one. one. It will be first down. First and goal. Ritelli then handed off to Carter Redding at the one. This has got to be Richie. Oh, let me look here. Nope, Carter Redding is in there. Ritelli in the gun. He takes the snap, hands it to Redding. Redding bounces it outside to the right. He's across. Touchdown, Exeter. Giving the Eagles a 7-0 lead. In the second quarter, a solid offensive drive put the Eagles in position for score number two with Ritelli going to Schlaffer. This time Schlaffer in motion. Yep, gonna give the Schlaffer here. A little jet sweep up the gut, across the five, close to the goal line. I think he's going to be just short, and well, what the heck do I know? The sideline official calling him in, going across the goal line. That'll be touchdown number two for the Eagles. 13-0 in favor of Exeter with 5.58 to play. The score was 14-0. Late in the second quarter, the Exeter defense forced a fumble that was recovered by Kyle Ash on the seven, and two runs by Rotelli yielded another score. Five on the play clock, Rotelli in the backfield. Rotelli, another keeper that time, just goes right between the center and the guard and he's in for the score. One eleven left to play and it's 20 nothing in favor of the Eagles. Rotelli doing it himself there. Making it 21 nothing. Boone punted with 9.5 seconds left in the first half and Exeter followed with an exceptional 47 yard strike from Rotelli to tight end Zach Zandier to give the Eagles a 28-0 lead at the half. So they are, they're gonna throw it up there. And he's open, he has him, got him in. Oh, touchdown, touchdown. Down. down Exeter. Once again, the ball came loose, but instead it was Zandier. It was Zandier. I say, you throw it up to your big tall guys and make something happen. And 
There you go, Zandir with the catch, double coverage. Back and forth and good defensive play by both sides. In the third, yielded a late quarter opportunity for Exeter with fourth and 11. They're gonna keep the offense in. Ritelli in the gun, single set back behind him. Reddick drops straight back, looks left, fires it over the middle. He actually Schlaffer. hits Joey Schlaffer at the 10, and Schlaffer runs it in on the far right side for an Exeter touchdown. Fourth and 11, you go for it. 34 yards to the house. That was a feline to Schlopper. And Schlopper just sidestepping his defender all the way into the corner of the end zone. Next up for Exeter will be the home opener with the Boyertown Bears and new head coach Justin Connick coming to town. The Bears took Upper Perkyoman apart 61 to nothing and looked to be a good matchup for the Eagles. You can hear the game Friday night on the Exeter Sports Network with the best announcing team in Berks County, Ryan Lineweaver and Darren Ziner. The pregame show starts at 6.45, followed immediately by the game at 7. As always, you can keep up with the Exeter Sports Network on Facebook and on Twitter, at JG Media US. Look for the game link at jgmedia.us, and please patronize our sponsors. Thank you for listening. The Exeter Football Roundup is a presentation of Jerry Gallup Media. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football on the Exeter Sports Network. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. 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 10, 9, ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Live on the Exeter Sports Network, it's Exeter Eagles football. Sponsored by Penn State Health St. Joseph Medical Center. On the web at pennstatehealth.org. The new Birdies Inn. And Mikey LeBron Realtor. Tonight, from the friendly confines of beautiful Don Thomas Stadium, your Exeter Eagles host the Boyertown Bears. Now to the broadcast booth. Here are your announcers, Darren Ziner and Ryan Lineweaver. Good evening. Welcome to the Exeter Eagles pregame show on the Exeter Sports Network brought to you by Jerry Gelliff Media. We'll have all the action between your Exeter Eagles and the Boyertown Bears at the top of the hour. After these messages, you're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly. Our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now. Or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. This is the Exeter Sports Network. We're coming to you live from a jam-packed Don Thomas Stadium in Riften, Pennsylvania for tonight's game between the Exeter Eagles and the Boyertown Bears. Along with my broadcast partner, Ryan Lineweaver, I'm Darren Ziner. And Ryan, let's talk about last week's game. Exeter got off to a slow start against Daniel Boone. They traded possessions in the first quarter until Exeter hit pay dirt. 58 seconds left in the first quarter. Carter Redding the story on that first drive. 39-yard run, taking the ball to the Blazer 13. He finishes it off three plays later to give Exeter that early 7-0 lead. Yeah, and it was a tough start for Exeter. They were really trying to get their sea legs under them. 
We'll talk about it a little bit later, uh, you know, wrapping up that first game. But they had a bunch of penalties, especially on those opening drives, that they really didn't find their sea legs until that final drive of the quarter. Absolutely. And after a blazer punt, Exeter drove the ball deep into Daniel Boone territory. Joey Schlaffer carrying most of the load, running at QB. Richie Karstian got into the end zone on what appeared to be a TD, but after the referees talked about it, ultimately determined that it was a fumble, and that could have really switched a lot of the momentum at the point, but Exeter did a good job holding on for the time being. Yeah, and that was at the point where they decided to switch things up a little bit. Schlaffer was in at quarterback for a large part of that drive as well, and he was competing for that quarterback position with senior Mason Rotelli. Rotelli ended up winning out, sticking Schlaffer back in his flex position all over the field that you have to track him down. But uh, they had stuck Schlaffer in there, and he was literally all over the field. It was a handful of quarterback keepers. Uh, it really showed that athleticism uh, at the quarterback position and gave a new dimension to that entire offense. And they went back to Rotelli for the rest of the game. But just for that singular drive that they ended up scoring on, uh, a little bit later here with Schlaffer, uh, it, it was just a completely different offense, at least for a single drive, and it really kick-started the rest of that second quarter. After that, it was a matter of Exeter's offensive line dominating that line of scrimmage, wearing down Boone's defense. They scored 21 points in the second quarter and route to a 28-0 halftime lead. Exeter scoring on a 10-yard Rotelli to Schlaffer pass for a 14-0 lead. Ritelli had a one-yard run for 21-0, and the backbreaker, the, they wanted to call it a Hail Mary. I didn't call it a Hail Mary because he hit him in stride. It wasn't one of those where you throw it up into the end zone and hope he comes down with it. Yeah, there was no guessing there with Zandir. Not at all. So he hits him in stride, 47 yards for the touchdown, and Exeter Ryan goes into halftime with a 28-0 lead. Yeah, and that was a wild end to that first half, too, because – uh, watching it, they were up 14 nothing, and you figure, all right, they lined up for, what, a 37-yard field goal, missed it, gave the ball right back to Daniel Boone, and Boone's thinking, all right, well, maybe we'll have an opportunity here, and, you know, you drive down the field, you cut the lead in half, it's a one-score game, you get the ball back to open up the second half, and that didn't happen. They ended up coughing up the football, Exeter scores, it's 21 nothing. Then they get the ball back again, uh, you know, chewing up a little bit of that clock, using their timeouts really wisely towards the end of the half. Got the ball back, and again, that 47-yard pass hit Zandir in stride. Kind of hard to, to miss a six-foot-five tight end running right down the seam, but he was double-covered and everything, and it was like they've been doing this all year long. We were talking about that during the game, too. While that first half was winding down, it seemed as if Exeter had the opportunity, I'm going to say 15, 20 seconds earlier to call that first time out, elected to hold on to it. Boone threw the ball. It was incomplete, which, of course, played Stop right into Exeter's hands. Yeah. Call timeout two times in a row, and, of course, the opportunity there to hit Zandir for the touchdown. Oh, there you go. You hear the gong. We're getting ready for football. Well, Ryan Exeter finished last week's game, 37 attempts, 185 rushing yards. And when you say that Exeter has a triple-headed monster, they actually have quite a few options coming out of the backfield. They do, and one of them is Rotelli, certainly. You know, he ran seven times on quarterback keepers. Again, they ran Schlaffer three times out of the quarterback position. 
And then you have guys like Caceres, who ran a, you know, 10 times for 63 yards. He was really uh, kind of the surprise out of that backfield because he expected Karstein to get a lot of the carries. He ended up with six uh, for 30 yards, fumbled it once, and kind of ended up on, in the doghouse the rest of the evening. Uh, but then you had Redding with seven carries for 19 yards, wasn't able to get anything started. But, you know, they have a ton of options coming out of that backfield. Mason Ritelli finished 12 of 16 passing, 158 yards, those three TDs. And Ryan, much like the running game, he's got a plethora of receivers to hit as well. Certainly does, and a lot of it starts and stops with your two big guys. You have Joey Schlaffer at six foot six. You have Zach Zandier at six foot five. Those guys combined for over 100 yards, six catches in total. They counted the, uh, the little pitch to Schlaffer as a... <laughs> as a 10-yard uh, catch, which, hey, all the more power to Rotelli. That counts for his stats. I'm sure that he was probably the happiest guy off the field uh, looking at the stat sheet after the game. Yeah, that's one of those when you're Schlaffer. And, and I just saw, and I didn't jot it down, maybe you did, Schlaffer on the doorstep of breaking some Exeter record. So, yeah, you talk about the receiving TD. He's got that record within his reach. Of course, the rushing uh, the rushing piece of it there as well. But uh, needless to say, certainly, as I mentioned, a lot of options for Exeter in the past game. Looking over at super producer Jerry, we're going to see if it's time to go to break. We can never tell with Jerry. It's, it's one of those where it's in the script to do it, but whether or not we're going to. So. It's only if Jerry's paying attention. That's exactly right. That's why we look at him and smile, and he, you know, gives us his cute little grin and... We're going to have more pregame comments for you here from Rifton, Pennsylvania. After this message, you're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. Put a frog in boiling water and it'll jump right out. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football with Ryan and Darren on the Exeter Sports Network. Of course, you don't finish off a 35-0 win without the defense. And they held Daniel Boone's quarterback 6 of 14 passing for 33 yards. They also did a fantastic job keeping the Blazers running game in check as well. They certainly did. And Rodder came in with experience. He subbed in last year after a quarterback injury. He was a converted wide receiver, so he had experience. He had some uh, returning rushers and receivers to throw to as well. But again, Exeter was just able to uh, shut down anything close to the line of scrimmage. They took a couple of shots down the field. They missed by, you know, 5, 10 yards and were never really a threat, even though they had the speed on the outside. So that just gave Exeter the opportunity to really bear down, control that line of scrimmage, and take control from there. Absolutely did. And we take a look at Boyertown football. They're led by first-year coach Justin Connick. 
He's taking over for T.J. Miller, who was with the program for five years. And, Ryan, this year the Bears are switching their offense to the wing tee, and we'll discuss it more in a moment, as I believe we'll go to probably the alma mater and then our national anthem. We are getting ready for Exeter football. Before we do that, talking about Boyertown's offense, they're going to use the wing tee with two quarterbacks, Ryder Garris, Ryan, and Anthony Panarello. Yeah, and both of them had some success last week going up against Upper Perk. They ended up winning 61 to nothing. Garris had four attempts at quarterback. He went three for four, 96 yards, two touchdowns, hit a wide receiver in stride for 55 yards. And then Panarello also finishing three for four for 88 yards. Both of these guys can toss the rock, but they are, as I'm sure that you will mention, primarily a running team out of that wing tee. They absolutely are. And the running attack is led by junior's Jason Oaks. He had two TDs against Upper Perky Omen. And another junior, Cole Yasavage, Ryan. Yeah, and Yasavage ended up with 11 attempts, a buck 53 on the ground. Again, a long of 54 yards that he busted out. And then uh, Femilaro also in the mix there as well. He had a 65-yard run, three attempts for 81 yards. He had Nick Boletta, three attempts for 56 yards. I mean, you just keep going down the list of all these guys who had rushing attempts. And then you finally finish with Oaks, three attempts for 23 yards and a touchdown as well. We are getting ready for football here at Exeter. Boyertown will be kicking off. Looks like Carter Redding straight down the middle of the field. To the left is Nathan Pashley. And can you see who's to the right there, Ryan? I cannot, but he's not going to receive the football That's anyway. That's right. Carter Redding has it at the 19. He's got the 25, the 30, and he's brought down around the 33-yard line. That's where Exeter will take over first and 10. Yeah, Redding with a nice move going up that right sideline. Cutting it back against the grain. Little spin move there as well and able to get a few extra yards out of it. So we'll expect Exeter to do a lot of what we saw last week, and that's run the football. 
Looks like they are starting with Joey Schlaffer at quarterback. Richie Karstein. And you see Rotelli all the way over here, so a little bit of a wildcat formation. You have Rotelli split out wide. Motion. Schlaffer running left around left end. He's got the 39-yard line, which is where he'll be taken out of bounds. It's a six-yard gain. Call it second and four. Yeah, and that time just going right off that left tackle. He had Karstein out as his basically lead blocker. Karstein was taken on number eight there, ended up giving him a shove for a couple of yards, and then uh, he ended up actually making the play. That was Jason Oaks coming all the way across. Rotelli now back under center. Second and four, takes the snap, hands it off to Karstein. He's got the 45. They'll give him the 46. It'll be a first down for Exeter. Yeah, that's just straight up the gut, too. There was no muss, no fuss on that play call at all. Just right up the gut, get the yardage that you need, get the first down. Exeter in the huddle. Mason Ritelli will stay at QB. Sidecar running back Karstein, single receivers left and right. Here's the snap. Choi in motion right to left. There's the snap, fakes the handoff. He's rolling right, throws it, tries to hit Zandier on the right side beyond the numbers. It's over his head incomplete. It'll be second down. Yeah, Zandier looking for a call there. He once again had uh, number eight Jason Oaks doubling up his running back and defensive back here tonight. Had a hold of him pretty much the entire way, but that one well over Zandier's head. Yeah, that's one of those. If it's a little closer, you might get the call, but in a situation like that, well over his head, they're not going to throw that flag. Yeah, he needed uh, all of his six foot five frame and then some to try to make that catch. Exeter over the ball, Rotelli in the gun, Karstein behind him. He'll get the handoff. He's running right. There's a lot of room. This is actually, it is Karstein. I told you, as far as the five and the six on the jersey, it'll be a fun night trying to figure out which is which. But he'll take the ball into Boyertown territory. He'll take the 45 to the 44. Looks like it'll be a nine-yard gain. Call it second and a long one. Yeah, Karstein once again just going all the way up the right side, outracing the Bears towards the sideline. Gets nearly enough for a first down. Third and one. He's got the ball running right up the middle. Going a little off right. He'll get the first down. He's down to the 41-yard line. It's first down Exeter. Yeah, once again, no fuss on that play. Just straight ahead. Going off right tackle. Gets enough green just to get down to the 41 for the first down. 10.30 to go here in the first. Ritelli has the call. Breaks the huddle. Looks like Caceres now in the backfield. So Ritelli in the gun, an offset eye. There's the snap, fakes the handoff. He's rolling left, he's looking deep, firing it in the middle to Schlaffer. He makes the grab actually to the right hash. It's an eight yard gain for Schlaffer, it'll be second down. And that one, Rotelli rolling out to his left against the grain. He had Hollis open, opted to go back across the field to the right hash mark, where he ends up finding Schlaffer for nine yards. So first completion of the afternoon here. Well, afternoon, I should say, early evening for Rotelli. 
Second and one from the 32. The offset eye. Ritelli in the gun, takes the snap, hands it off to Caceres. He's running right, tries to push it outside, gets the 30. They'll mark it at the 29, but it'll be enough for a first down. And Caceres that time running off the right side, tried to make one man miss, ended up getting wrapped up by two different bears. But once again, enough. They, didn't, they only needed three feet, and he got three feet. Absolutely he did. Exeter doing a nice job. All but one play on the ground. Ritelli in the gun, offset eye. The handoff is to Karstein. He's running left, huge hole. Bouncing it outside, still on his feet. He's got the 20. Fights his way to the 15. It'll be another Exeter first down. And that was a hole that you could have driven a Mack truck through. Still like to see a little bit more patience on his end. He still had a lead blocker in front of him in Joven Hollis. Or if he was just a little bit more patient, waited for that block to develop, probably could have sprung for a touchdown. But instead, hey, we'll take the first down here on the 15. Exeter breaks the huddle. Just under nine minutes to go here in the first. He's in the gun. Karstein behind him. There's the snap, fakes the handoff. He's rolling right, he's looking right. Throws it inside, hits Zandir, who will take it down to about the six-yard line. Taking a look at where they spotted, it might be a gain of eight. And it looks like they might be walking it back here. They Once again, are. another rollout. So whenever you go too far in one direction or another, inevitably at this level there's going to be a hold. And Certainly looks like the Eagles are expecting that. And they certainly are. And we talked about this in the pregame where penalties plagued them last week. Let's hope they don't repeat that this evening. So the ball moved back to the 29-yard line where it'll be first and 20. Actually looks like it'll be yeah, right about that, I suppose. Oh, first and 19. Yeah, that's what I was looking at. First and 24, <laughs> the way they go. walked it off. So Rotelli's in the gun. Motion right to left. Karstein fakes the handoff. He's rolling left. They come back to the right. Ooh. Almost picked off by Boyertown. Rotelli kind of threw it off his back foot, trying to hit Nigel Meekins on a little screen to the right, but he underthrew it. Well, that was one of those plays where it looks like they're setting up the screen, kind of a mid-screen there for Karstein in the middle, and instead trying to fake everybody out, drawing all the attention away over to the left side of the field, trying to spring it back, and Cole Marinello nearly coming up with an improbable interception there. He was the only man to beat, and he almost did it. Second and 24, Ritelli in the gun. It pops it up, corrals it and ultimately gets back to about the 25-yard line. That play going nowhere from the start. A little bit of a high snap. He bobbled it, was able to corral it, gets a few yards. It's going to be third and 21 from the 26-yard line. I don't think that's quite what they had drawn up on that play. <laughs> they had a couple players in motion there, and that one, unfortunately, just going right off of Rotelli's hands. He's able to pick it up and make a positive play out of it, but... Still third and forever here for the Eagles. The 11th play of the drive, Ritelli in the gun. He's got Karstein directly behind him. Schlaffer 
and Nigel Meekins split left. Isaiah Choi to the right. He's going straight back. He's looking. There's nothing there. He pulls it down to run, and he is dropped at the 24-yard line, well short of a first down. I mean, he's still going to get positive yardage out of it. He had Karstein out in the flat. Karstein just doing a little swing route out there. He was wide open for days. I'm not sure if he would have made the first down, but he certainly would have made this a lot closer. So we'll see what Exeter does. Fourth and 19, the ball marked on the 24-yard line. They break the huddle. Rutelli in the gun. He's got Karstein behind him. Single receivers right and left. Here's the snap. Fakes the handoff, drops straight back. Looking left for Jovan Hollis. It's over his head, actually behind him a little bit as he runs a slant to the post. It's incomplete, and Exeter will turn it over on downs. Yeah, Rotelli, not good placement there. You could see exactly what Hollis was attempting to do there. It was just a simple post route into the middle of the end zone. Instead, he throws it over his back shoulder, makes Hollis go look for it. He had hit Hollis in stride. He did have a step on his man, but instead he made Hollis go look for it and unfortunately tossed it into the corner of the end zone. 6.22 to go here in the first. Boyertown will take over. They start off with Anthony Panarello in at QB. Yes, yeah, it's going to be musical chairs for us to keep on top of all night. Yes, it will. There's a handoff. This is going to be a penalty on Boyertown. The running back on the right side leaned forward before the snap. So they're going to walk five off against Boyertown. Well, regardless, good defense by Boyertown. <laughs> Savage had absolutely nowhere to go trying to go left tackle. So they walk off five yards against Boyertown. It'll make it first and 15, the ball on the 19-yard line. Yeah, an illegal shift called on Boyertown. Boyertown breaks the huddle. Panarello's still in there. Oaks the single setback. A scat back to his left. Receiver wide left. Here's the play. Oaks running right. Tries to get beyond the line of scrimmage. Far right. And he is grabbed and dragged down. It's going to be a loss of three. They're going to mark the ball at the 16. And it'll be second and 18. And it looks like John Martin was the one who got there first. Was able to cut off the angle. And made the play much easier for the rest of his defense. But beat his man right to the spot and stopped it in the backfield. Boyertown breaking the huddle. Panarello under center. Single setback is Oaks. One receiver wide left, motion right to left. Here's Oaks running left around the end. He gets the 20, but Exeter's able to shut him down. Give him the 21. It'll be a five-yard gain, and it'll be third and call it 12. And I think it was Savage again. And them both having eight and nine out there is going to be absolutely miserable on our eyes all night, especially with how thin these numbers are, too. That's right. But it is Savage out in the backfield. 
So Panarello now under center. Here's the fake handoff, oh, trying oh, oh, to oh. roll right, and there is absolutely nothing there. Anthony Cachese from the right side looked like he was the one to bring him down, but when you're a QB and you look up, and especially in this case, you see five black jerseys around you, that's not a good sign. Yeah, there was absolutely nowhere to go. They were not at all undeterred by that play fake. You know, it was fourth and 13. Are you? I mean, sure, you could run a draw play, I guess. But, you know, in that time, absolutely nobody was surprised. Kyle Lash ended up coming up with the football. He was in there, too. So Nathan Pashley back deep. The punt's blocked. It goes out of the end zone for a safety. That was Hollis. And it'll be the first two points Exeter scores on the night. And that was just an absolute jailbreak. The ball bounced to the punter. By the time that he looked up, he already had two eagles over top of him, and it certainly looked like Joven Hollis was the one who got the most of that football as it squirts out the back of the end zone. But Hollis also on the ground right now following the play. They're taking a look at Jovan right now. The safety comes 359 left to play here in the first. And while they tend to him, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. Selling or buying a house? Call Mikey LeBron of EXP Realty. Mikey is a full-service realtor dealing in residential, business, and investment realty services. Whether it is local, statewide, national, or even international, Mikey can fulfill your real estate needs. Service to his customers is his prime focus, and that has put Mikey in the top 15% of all real estate agents in the nation. Contact Mikey LeBron at 484-772-5106 or on the web at myagentmikey.com. Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly. Our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now. Or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football on the Exeter Sports Network. We are back in Riften. Joe Van Hollis still being tended to. He's sitting up right now. Might have just had the wind knocked out of him if he took that football to the gut. Not sure. Yeah, it's quite possible. Like I said, that was an absolute jailbreak. Ball bounces right to the punter. By the time that he looks up, Hollis was all over him. Walking off the field under his own power, which is a fantastic sign. Ryan, the defense asserting themselves there. Minus 10. They started on the 24-yard line, end up on the 14, and, of course, ending it with that block punt for the safety. And getting the ball right back here after the safety as well. Certainly looking like Carter Redding ready to receive. Pashley in front of him to the right. Casares on the left. 
With the up guys on the 40. Redding back at the 30. And they're going to get great field position out of this. They absolutely will. Here's the punt. It's going to come down to Redding at the 34-yard line. He's got the 50, trying to weave his way through some defenders. Oaks is there. He's got some help. Brings him down at the 48-yard line of the Bears, and that's where Exeter will put it in play first and 10. Yeah, well done. He gets across midfield. Like I said, excellent field position for the Eagles. You're never not going to have excellent field position <laughs> off, of, uh, off of one of those free plays like that, but gets to the 50-yard line, tried to put his foot in the ground, and just nowhere to go beyond that. So an 18-yard return for Pashley. That's where Exeter will take over. And hard to believe, just the second drive of Exeter. I feel like we've already been here all night. But just 3.50 left to play here in the first. Here's an offset eye. Ritelli drops the snap. Ultimately, Karstein, or I'm sorry, yes, it yeah, is Karstein. Richie Karstein. He falls forward on the football. So they're going to mark it at the 50. It's a loss of two. It'll be second down and 12. Yeah, Karstein with the uh, hard luck loser there, but that is the first rule on offense whenever you see a ball on the ground. Fall on it, take the loss, live to see another day. Second and 12 here for the Eagles. They're over center. Here's the snap. Handoff to Karstein, running right. Makes a move inside. He's got the 35 still on his feet. And it looks like that's where they're going to mark him out. It's enough for a first down for Exeter. And well done there by Karstein. Made two defenders miss before he's finally run out of bounds by Panarello. But, again, just excellent blocking there by the Eagles. You expect nothing less from this offensive line. But, again, just tossing it out wide, letting Karstein use that speed, which we didn't really get to see showcase last week. Get to see it all on display this week. 15 yards on the run for Karstein. First and 10 Exeter at the 35. 3.15 to go here in the first. Ritelli in the gun. Offset eye. Hands it off to Karstein. He's rolling right. Running right. Stiff arms a defender out of the way. There's some power right there. And we'll see where they're marking it. It's on the near side. Yeah, poor Anthony Genovese got the, uh, the Madden truck stick right there as he just put the shoulders down and absolutely blasted him out of bounds. They mark the ball on the 27-yard line. It's an eight-yard run. Call it second and two from the 27. Ritelli in the gun, offset eye. Here's Karstein again. Or is this one Redding? That one's Redding. Yep, there we go. You can pretty much tell Redding <laughs> a little more upright when he goes into the line. Looks like they'll give him two yards on the play. Redding his first carry of the evening. Karstein doing all the heavy lifting here tonight. He's got seven carries for 50 yards to start. So with those two yards, no measurement needed. First and 10 Exeter ball on the 25. Well, plenty of options here. First and 10 just outside the red zone. Don't be surprised if they try to take a shot here and try to open things up. Got their two big guys right on the right-hand side. Ritelli going with the hard count. Boyertown comes across. We'll see if this is offsides. We'll see if anyone moved. Of course, the first thing the defense will do is point to an offensive lineman, and indeed, it is procedure against Exeter. 
Yeah, sometimes it works for you. Sometimes, unfortunately, if your offense isn't prepared, works against you. This time, they walk off 15 feet. It'll be first and 15. Ball now on the 30-yard line. Let's hope this isn't a something that Exeter will continue because they're going to lose their momentum. So here's Rotelli here dropping go. straight back, throwing Taking it over shot. the middle. There's Zandier inside the five. Touchdown, Exeter. Zandier running a post route. Mason Rotelli laying it up there. He had separation, brings it in, crosses the goal line, and it's 8-0 Exeter, 2.31 to go here in the first. Well, just call me Mike Boyer because I definitely called that one. That one just running right down the seam. I mean, Zandier's lined up at the tight end position. He's got a hand on the ground to start. Ends up coming up right down the seam and an easy, as easy of six points as you're going to get from 30 yards out. 30 yards on the touchdown pass. The snap for the PAT is off kilter. Carter Redding picks it up. He's, He's running up. around. He's chucking Fires it, he it up there. Him. Gets it all the way across to Richie Karstein, who dances across the goal line. <laughs> you want to talk about when things are going right, so the snap goes awry. Carter Redding picks it up, scrambles to the left. He's surrounded probably by four or five Boyertown Bears. He had Town absolutely Bears. nowhere to go. He backtracked by 10 yards, just turned and shucked it. And there was no, nobody from Boyertown on the right side of the field. It was a clear path the entire way. That's exactly right. Richie Karstein, he had, he had a uh, myriad of blockers there in case there was even an issue because, like you said, there was nobody there. So give them two points on the conversion. It's 10-0 Exeter. 2.31 to go here in the first. We'll be back after this break. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. Musso's Restaurant is Exeter's family-friendly, casual dining spot. Everything from full Italian dinners to sandwiches and more can be had at Musso's. Tuesday is pizza night, Wednesday is spaghetti night, and Thursday is sandwich night. Dine-in or take-out. A great place to watch college games on Saturday afternoon, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, and you can listen to the Exeter Eagles every Friday night on the Exeter Sports Network at Musso's. Family-owned, great food, and great people. Musso's Restaurant, 4212 St. Lawrence Avenue in Exeter. Matt Skipper kicks it off for Exeter. Jason Oaks running right in. Gets swarmed under at about the 22-yard line. And that's where Boyertown will take over first and 10. Oaks slamming on the brakes there after he got past the 20-yard line and hoping that a giant wave of Eagles defenders would be uh, tricked into just going right past him, and uh, yeah, certainly not the case. He that, is not Tom Cruise. This is not Top Gun Maverick. You can't just slam on the brakes and watch everybody steam right past you. I was looking Looney Tunes, but I, I <laughs> will have to go Top Gun Maverick as well. So Exeter under center. They've switched quarterbacks. It's now Ryder Garris. They try to run left. Nothing there. They'll say he Gets back to the original line of scrimmage. It'll be second and 10, Boyertown. Yeah, once again, Eagles just clamping down on that line of scrimmage, winning the battles. Nowhere for the Bears to go. Second and 10 for Boyertown. Ball on the 22. Garris under center. Oaks the single setback. 
One receiver right, one left. Fakes the handoff, dropping back, rolling left, looking, firing it, trying to hit Oaks on the near side. Probably the one of the toughest throws for a high schooler is when you're a right-handed thrower rolling left, and you've got to try to square your shoulders when you've got somebody on you. And obviously the pass goes awry. So it's incomplete. It'll be third and ten. We're third and nine. I, I think it's third, third and, ten, and ten just because of where the individual marking it on the far side of the field is. But it's third and ten for Boyertown. Garris this time will come out in the gun. He's got Oak's sidecar to his right. Two receivers right, one slot right. Here's the snap. Garris rolling right. There's a flag that comes in. He's still looking. Heaves it downfield, and it's picked off by Exeter. Brought down at the 49-yard line. We'll see if we can get a number. And it certainly looks like it's going to be a penalty here on Boyertown. Alex so Panero on the INT for Exeter. Well, that one was just up for grabs there around the 45-yard line. Two Eagles in the vicinity, and he ends up coming down with it. The penalty is against Boyertown, so the INT will stick. 1.31 to go here in the first. Exeter will take over first and 10 on their own 49. That's one of those where the heave might have done just as well as a punt as, unfortunately, we saw last week Daniel Boone struggling in that area. Oh, we still haven't seen the Boyertown punter come out, and uh, from the looks of a 61-0 score, he didn't come out last week either. They did not have a single punt in that game. That was a good educated guess. That was a good one. Mason Rotelli in the gun. Hollis back in the game in motion. Karstein, he's throwing it up over the middle. Oh All gosh. alone. Zach Zandier running a seam. There is, I mean, there were two all alone. Joe Van Hollis was running next to him virtually. So the completion takes the ball down to the 19-yard line. It's a 32-yard pass and catch. And a first down. Oh, they're going to mark it on the 20. So yes, call it a 31-yarder. Yeah, not a bad start here for Rotelli after starting just one for three with a nine-yard gain. His last two passes have gone for 30 and 31 yards. May as well be carbon copies of each other right down the seam to Zandir. Boyertown obviously struggling in the secondary on that play. Mason Rotelli in the gun. Schlaffer in motion. They fake. Well, actually go with the jet sweep. He's running left. Gets the 20. Hit from behind, he might have gotten the 15-yard line. So it'll be a gain of five, and second and five for Exeter, ball at the 15. Oh, that was that second touchdown that they ran last week against Daniel Boone. Ran the exact same play, exact same side of the field. That time, Schlaffer was able to get 10 yards and the score this time, only going to manage four. Twenty seconds to go here in the first quarter. Ritelli in the gun. Here's Schlaffer running the play in. Single setback behind him is Karstein. There's the snap, the handoff. He's running up the middle. Karstein shucks one wide defender, open. two defenders. Gets through the ten down to the five. It'll be a first down, and that'll run the clock out. Here for the first quarter. We have played one quarter here in Riften. 
Exeter on the strength of a touchdown pass and a blocked punt and a two-point conversion. Lead 10-0. We will be back with Ryan and the call in the second quarter. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. This is the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gelliff Media. So 12 fresh minutes up on the board. Exeter and Boyertown swapping sides of the field. Now Exeter going from right to left in front of us and the home crowd. Well, if you're on the Boyertown side, just think the opposite. 10-0 in favor of the Eagles. First and goal from the five-yard line. Looks like Rotelli in the backfield as well as Karstein. Karstein off to a fantastic start. Eight touches for him in that first quarter for 61 yards. We'll see if they go back to the same well here, just five yards out. Karstein right behind him. The handoff is to Karstein. Karstein right in between the guard and tackle. And it looks like he has enough. Teammates are signaling a touchdown and it looks, it looks like, like he's going to be just is, short. Well, the back judge is saying touchdown. The side judge is putting the ball inside the one. Looks like it's going to be inside the one. So Karstein, his ninth carry of the evening, 66 yards for him. And this one, well, you may as well not even count it. It's literally inches out of the end zone. We'll see if Ritelli doesn't keep this one and follow. Oh, he's going to hand off to Karstein. Flag thrown on the field. He had enough but this one will likely be called back. This could be defensive. Well, nope. I, I, you know, I'll tell you, the referee on the far side, he's throwing me off because he came up holding his hands on his waist, and I think he was ultimately saying offsides on Exeter. He might just be winded. That could be, too. But then again, I, it I, is only I, the second quarter, so <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Do CrossFit? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. Was he running with Zach Zandier down there? <laughs> <laughs> on those last yeah. couple plays. He might have been. Schlaffer coming back in, runs the play in. Joy lined up here to the left. The only wide receiver split out. This time a little toss play to Karstein. Karstein met in the backfield, shrugs off one defender, carries a few more inside the five. So on that pitch to the left-hand side, he'll get two or three. Anthony Famularo, a junior, Met him in the backfield on the left side, slowed up his progress, allowing Boyertown defenders to keep him from the end zone. It was funny. He didn't even like attempt to make the tackle though. He just like put a shoulder it was, into it. It was just like somebody bumping into you on the New York sidewalk, just, you know, oh, excuse me. Instead, once again, this play will be called dead as well. And very well, the second penalty on Exeter. And it is. So we're going to have a timeout taken here by Exeter as they try to get their house in order. It'll be third down and eight 
as they sit just 24 feet from Paydirt, looking for their third score of the game and second touchdown with 10.25 left. This has got to be really frustrating for Matt Bauer. You've got the ball on the one-inch line, literally, and two procedure calls obviously take you back to the eight-yard line now, and certainly they can punch it in, but it certainly doesn't help your cause either when you can make it a whole life, uh, your, your life a whole lot easier just punching it across. Well, now eight yards out. This is why you have big targets. This is why you have Zandir. This is why you have Schlaffer. Don't be surprised if you see a little play action fake here. You have Schlaffer lined out. Only one man on him split out wide to the right. Don't be surprised if they look his way. Going over the middle, you got that 6-6 six, six target. And they're not doubling him down in the end zone. And there it is. But instead, they roll it out. And they're going to land just short as that was number 24. That was Miles Brandt with the catch. That time splitting out the fullback, trying to sneak him out there. They had Schlaffer coming across the field from right to left. A little crossing pattern. Tried to split him out there, maybe sneak him into the flat. And unfortunately landing just two yards shy. So it'll be fourth down and two. Looked like they were using Schlaffer as a bit of a decoy there to draw that inside guy back. But he stayed with Brandt making a nice tackle. This time they will hand off to Karstein. Karstein bouncing up offside, off the right side, I should say, and absolutely nobody in his way. It's another Exeter touchdown. 16-0 in favor of the Eagles here with 9.39 left to play. Great job by the offensive line on the right side, sealing the deal. Karstein untouched into the end zone off the right side, as you mentioned, 16-0 Exeter. Once again, 9.39 remaining here. No surprising plays when you get down there. Exeter, for as many offensive weapons as they have, when they get inside the five, they want to pound that football in as that one bounces. And now once again, running for his life, trying to find somebody in the back of the end zone, goes off a fingertip. And they're not going to get that lucky this time as Redding once again running for his life out around the 15-yard line, just has to throw it up before he ran out of green space. It'll make it 16-0. That's where it's going to stay. But we won't stay here. We're going to go take a commercial break. So when we return, it'll be Boyertown football here on the Exeter Sports Network. Selling or buying a house? Call Mikey LeBron of eXp Realty. Mikey is a full-service realtor dealing in residential, business, and investment realty services. Whether it is local, statewide, national, or even international, Mikey can fulfill your real estate needs. Service to his customers is his prime focus, and that has put Mikey in the top 15% of all real estate agents in the nation. Contact Mikey LeBron at 484-772-5106 or on the web at myagentmikey.com. Boyertown with the kickoff return here. It was Jason Oaks taking it as he's able to slide up to the 27-yard line where the Bears looking to... Get back into this one, down now by three scores. Give Oaks a 21-yard return. 
on the kick. So Boyertown looking to get things started here. They will switch back to Panarello. And it looks like you Savage in the backfield. Or Oaks, once again. Hard to tell. Man in motion. Hand up. Handoff is Oaks. up the gut to Oaks. I was going to say, you Savage, he's built like a linebacker. So he's a little bit more uh, noticeable out there on the field. As Oaks gets five yards. Puts him back in the positive. Second carry. Now taking under nine minutes left to play here in the second. Oaks has obviously been the primary target for Boyertown thus far. Haven't seen him uh, connect in the passing game just yet. Man in motion, coming from right to left. They'll hand off again. This time it's Savage, and Savage wrapped up at the 30. Nowhere to go. He's going to lose a few yards on that one. And Savage, for as wonderful as he was last week, uh, currently by my count was zero yards on the ground on a couple of carries. They'll make it third down and five. Exeter doing a great job keeping that line of scrimmage. Nowhere to go for Yescavage on the left side. Making it third and seven for the Bears. Third and seven, not many options here when you're on your own 31-yard line. They'll stick him in the shotgun, trips right formation. He's going to run, try to go off tackle, able to dodge one defender and absolutely nowhere to go. Wasn't even thinking about picking his head up and looking down the field was Panarello as he will just get stopped right at the line of scrimmage. And it'll bring up fourth down. Nathan Pashley held his spot on the left side. The defensive back came up making the tackle. And Boyertown will punt. Pashley lined up in the back. Looks like Nigel Meekins lining up a little bit shorter. Meekins around the Exeter 45. Meanwhile, Pashley holding steady there around the 33. Yet another bouncer to the punter. That one also nearly blocked. Pashley going to come up on it around the 38-yard line. Makes a man miss. Gets across the 50. And then finally tackled around the 47-48 yard line. So once again, Exeter starting on the opposite side of the field. Looking to tack on another score here with 7.14 left in the second. Pashley with a 16-yard return on the punt. As you mentioned, nearly blocked again. Yeah, that one, they were all over it again, but hard not to have that kind of jailbreak situation again when your punter needs to pick the ball up off the ground to be able to get it off. Second straight time that they've had that happen, and very lucky this one didn't end up in the end zone on behalf of Exeter depositing it there. I can see the special teams on each team having some extra practice time, the PAT for Exeter. Rotelli fakes the handoff, looking deep, a little bit short, but he ends up finding him. Joey Schlopper, Schlopper. still running. He's open, breaks right, field. goes left, touchdown. That was Joey Schlaffer getting hit, 46 yards to the house. Good Lord. Schlaffer slammed on the brakes, was looking for room to run, and ended up just reversing course and finds the left corner of the end zone after making his way to the right corner. 
I'll tell you what, I'm not so sure that he was the primary target there because he was running a deep crossing route and it looked like there was somebody up a little bit from him. I want to say maybe five, seven yards closer to the line of scrimmage. It was over his head and it looked like Schlaffer just ran it down. I saw the opposite way. I think Rotelli's throw was well undercooked and Schlaffer needed to come back for it because if he had Schlaffer in stride, he was making his way to the right corner untouched, but instead he had to come back for it in reverse course. But either way, Rotelli, his fifth touchdown pass of the year. Schlaffer, his third touchdown catch. Makes it 23-0 Exeter with 6.58 left to play here in the second. More to come when we return here on the Exeter Sports Network. New Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. You're listening to Exeter Equals Football on the Exeter Sports Network. 23-0 in favor of the Exeter Eagles as they will kick it away. As Joey Schlaffer, a 46-yard pitch and catch with Rotelli. Oates has one man dive out of his way. He's barely going to make it back to the 20. Well done by the Exeter special teams. As it looks like Wegman responsible for the tackle. We'll see if they swap quarterbacks again. And it certainly does look like Garris will come out here for the fourth Boyertown possession. Well, you talk about Exeter's quick strike ability. One play, 46 yards. Probably, what, maybe eight seconds for the entire play, if that, to take place. Well, unfortunately, you have that against some of these teams that you're playing. Sure. You know, you have two, maybe three Division I talents here on Exeter as absolutely nowhere to go for Garris. Garris just trying to escape the pocket and runs right into a pair of Eagles. Looks like Palange coming down with the tackle. It'll be second down and nine as Garris will get two off the play. But again, uh, no offense to Boyertown, but uh, there's no Division I talents on that team. So it's always going to be, until we start getting into the real thick of the season for Exeter, you're going to have these types of mismatches going up against Boyertowns, going up against Daniel Boones, that Schlaffer and Zandir even are just going to eat these teams alive. That's right. This one just trying to hand off up the middle, and Exeter stuffing that one at the line of scrimmage. And you see a score last week, we talked about it, Boyertown beating Upper Perky Omen 61-0. It raises your eyebrows perhaps a little bit like, hmm, I wonder what kind of game this will be. But just like you said, that's a similar situation as we're seeing tonight, just as far as the, the youth that was on their team and, and ultimately that situation playing out last week as well. Yeah, I mean, certainly this always has worked in favor of Exeter's, the 13th meeting between the two squads is this time. Yeah, absolutely nowhere to go. It's just, the Exeter defense just swallowing him up. John Martin just 
wrapping up. Garris taking him down all the way back. Well, let's see where they're gonna mark it. Inside, nope, just outside. A loss of nine as he just, he went back. He did that little play action fake. It wasn't even much of a fake. It was just like, you know, that half-hearted, like here I'm gonna act like I'm handing it off. And then by the time that he turned his head around, there's literally three eagles standing around him just ready to swallow him whole. That's where you're pinning your ears back and you're just going hard. And Everybody else had their heels in the ground, but not Martin. Martin went full bore towards him. This one punted away. It's going to be fielded on the Boyertown side of the field. Cutting off the left-hand side, looking for some daylight. He's going to get some inside the 10-yard line. As well done there as Pashley had some green all the way up that left sideline. They're going to mark him out around the 12, where he barrels into his defender out of bounds. 36 yards for Pashley. He was tight roping on the near side, probably picked up a good 10 extra yards, refusing to go out of bounds. Yeah, it didn't look like there was much there either. It was pretty well covered, and he was just able to dance down those far hash marks. Here's a quick score for you. Fleetwood and Conrad Weiser. Weiser with the 14-0 lead. Exeter. There's Isaiah Choi, the tallest player, and we say that kiddingly. Literally a foot shorter than Joey Schlaffer on the other side of the field. But he'll be split out wide to the right. Rotelli looking to throw. There's going to be a hold, and they may just pick it up because that is any ending up as a sack anyway. Virtually 10 yards on the sack as well. And that was number 21, Aiden McCulloch. He was the one who was held, in fact. He was swung around and swung down to the ground, and he was able to get a hold of Rotelli. So we'll see what Boyertown opts for here. McCulloch, six-foot like sophomore, showing good speed off the end. And it does look like they're going to take the sack and decline it. So enough yardage there on the loss. It's going to be a loss of nine. And hey, if you like uh, Def Leppard, you'll have to wait until we actually go to commercial. Jerry's going to pin that one on me, and you can see where my hands are. I'm nowhere close to his phone. Darren Darnier has his hands underneath the table. Because I was three feet away. Clearly, that's my fault. Probably. Exeter going to take a timeout here. A little out of sorts here with 410, but second and 19, want to get all of their affairs in order. Now you might want to listen to Photograph. You know if what, I think you're the Stranger Things chick, the one who can uh, do things with her mind. I don't have any idea that's what you're you. talking you, about. That's probably what you did. Yes, you do. I'm 20. sure a lot of our listeners know exactly what I'm talking about, and they're nodding their head right now, saying absolutely. If you know Jerry, you know. 23-0 Exeter, second down and long when we come back here on the Exeter Sports Network. Just because you hear music. I hope you enjoy the musical interlude from Def Leppard. Rotelli in the shotgun. They're going to hand it off. This time it's Caceres. Caceres, little used. He's trying to bounce it outside and ends up getting brought down from behind. So that one looks like number three, Gio Daddario, hauling him down from behind. 
Caceres had a couple of those carries last week that he was able to bounce. This one just his second touch here for seven yards in total. That one going for five. He'll get it down to the 15. And we'll see what they're doing here on the field. I think timeout. Uh, it's going to be a sideline warning. Oh, okay. So I believe that's the first one. Exeter had uh, two of those last week. They actually got called for the penalty and had to walk it back with the sideline warning. Nathan Pashley coming on the field late. And once again, moving around Schlaffer. He's here in the slot looking to sit. Instead, they'll just fling it out into the flat, making one cut and going. I want to say, is that Carter That's Redding? That's Carter Redding. So Carter Redding with the touchdown. Tack on six more for Exeter. It's 29 to nothing in favor of the Eagles. And that one, once again, just drawing all the attention to Schlaffer in the slot as he kind of sat right near the goal line, and that was enough to draw Redding out into the flat. And once again, one cut and gone. The snap actually a little high. Mason Rotelli, nice job, just corralling it with the right hand. Composure in the pocket. Sees Redding open on the right-hand side, gets it to him. Redding stops, makes a move, gets into the end zone for the Exeter touchdown. So the Zandir putting it through the uprights. And apologies to Jonathan Martin. We have had his uh, grandfather correct us that it's Jonathan and not John. Good to know. We'll make the correction for later, but 30 to nothing with 3.03 left here in the second quarter when we return here on the Exeter Sports Network. Tackle your toughest health challenges without ever leaving your home. Penn State Health On Demand lets you see a healthcare provider on your schedule wherever you are. Simply open the app on your smartphone, tablet, or computer and meet one-on-one -on -one with board-certified experts in urgent care and select specialties. You can get a diagnosis, request a prescription, or even get a referral if needed. Learn more at pennstatehealth.org slash on demand. So I'm going to shut up. Rick, it's you. You and Ryan. Back here, kickoff. Bobbled a little bit. Inside the five, now coming back out with it is Oaks. Oaks running out of real estate, gets it across the 25 and no more. So we want to welcome Rick Hunter to the booth. He, Boyertown broadcaster extraordinaire. <laughs> welcome. Jerry's trying to figure out how to actually unmute him. We're good, we're good, we're good. Boyertown staying with that two-quarterback system tonight, I see, is uh, just trying to stay consistent with that from last year. Yeah, it's working out really well for him tonight. Well, it works out well, but it's a little predictable when you can see uh, <laughs> Ryder Garris come in the game, look like he's going to throw. Running up the middle is just Savage. Just Savage, his best run of the night, dragging some defenders with him. Literally had a guy draped across his ankles and pulled him for another couple of yards. Yeah, and Cole's a kid that will run really hard up. Up, up, you know, hill all the way. But the problem is that tonight he's just not seeing the same defense that he saw last week where he was able to get that big yardage. I don't know if you know this, but Exeter is not upper perk. 
Correct. <laughs> so, you know, 61 <laughs> to nothing last week, and then this week facing a, you know, a state team like this is a, a very tough, tough game to play again. This one they're going to fake to the fullback, instead hand it off to the tailback. And it looks like Famularo. Anthony Famularo there. A lot of these new guys stepping up this year that weren't out there last year as far as running backs go. You lost Leo Egby graduating, so now you're, you're picking up Anthony Famularo. You're seeing more out of Jason Oaks this year. Um, and Cole Savage obviously getting the bulk of the touches from more of a fullback position. I'll tell you, Leo Egby was a beast. Saw him in that Exeter game last year and just paying attention to him throughout the year. That's a, that's a tough loss in the backfield. Absolutely. This time chucking it. Looking down the field and nearly intercepted. Nigel Meekins had it in his hands. He did. He got it in the mitts. Thought he came down with it. Instead, knocked away. Pass intended there for Gavin Chamberlain, who's been a stud senior this year, stepping up from last year. Uh, went, had to switch the defense there to avoid an interception. Nice job by Gavin on awareness. Speaking of on the defense, Gavin, the linebacker, four tackles last week, two and a half for loss, and it had an INT. He did. He had a great night last week and uh, obviously seeing a completely different offense tonight that they're just not prepared for, really. One man in motion in the slot. Instead, they'll just there hand it, it right up the gut, and there's Savage again. You saw Savage looking for those holes all night long, obviously running you know, off tackle you know, up the left side. If he gets a few blocks, he has enough speed and power to push through, but... Just not seeing the blocking tonight against this tough Exeter defense. On that time, it was just that quick fullback dive that got it to him in his hands immediately, not waiting for anything to develop, and he had a hole waiting for him. And you got to think with this type of defense and the way the blocking is going tonight that, you know, the quick handoffs, the dives, are where you're going to have to go to just to make that quick yardage punch. Uh, the power blocking just is, an is not an option against these linebackers from Exeter tonight. Trips right formation. And a faking the handoff, it's going to be a quarterback keeper, and down he goes. And Lucas Falange beating him there in the middle, just dragging him down after a two-yard gain. Anthony Panarello, senior this year, you know, stepping up at quarterback last year for an injured Ryder Garris, the two-quarterback system. He's a he's a powerful runner. Uh, you know, Gar Garris obviously the more agile quarterback of the two, but uh, Panarello, when he gets an opportunity, he will hit you hard. But obviously not against that. That's off linebacker defense there. Well, that time he had you Savage is basically a lead blocker for him. This time you'll have Oaks in motion. Looking back to throw, they're going to chuck it deep. Double coverage down the field, and this one is picked off at the 20. That one was just a sitting duck. Kind of hard to do. Hollis. Hard there with the safety coming over the top and the coverage that they were in there. It's, you know, throwing that ball up and letting the hang time that long is just not going to go well for Blairtown. He had Joey Schlaffer coming off the left end. He was ready to get belted had he held on to that football any longer. Yeah, and Hollis that time just playing center field, and that one hung up for what seemed like forever, and absolutely no trouble pulling that one in. Gets about a yard on the return, so it'll be first down for Exeter. you got to think this year Coach Connick's going to have to dig into the bag a little bit against this tough defense to try to pull something out of his hat and see what he can get going with this team. And, Unfortunately, you hit the panic mode, and that's not good either. And Exeter up 30 to nothing. Will roll right into the locker room, up to take a knee. So 30 to nothing in favor of the Eagles here in the first half. An outstanding offensive explosion here. 
Mason Rotelli leading the way with three touchdowns through the air. Now six on the young season for the senior quarterback. We'll talk more when we come back here on the Exeter Sports Network. Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. Selling or buying a house? Call Mikey LeBron of eXp Realty. Mikey is a full-service realtor dealing in residential, business, and investment realty services. Whether it is local, statewide, national, or even international, Mikey can fulfill your real estate needs. Service to his customers is his prime focus, and that has put Mikey in the top 15% of all real estate agents in the nation. Contact Mikey LeBron at 484-772-5106 or on the web at myagentmikey.com. Talking to your kids about the dangers of vaping can be hard. Getting them to listen to hot gossip is easy. So here's some drama you could share with your kid. Dude. Did you hear about Cassie and Jake? No, but did you hear that vaping can cause irreversible lung damage and nicotine affects brain development? <gasps> Nuh-uh. You don't need to gossip if you want to have an open conversation about vaping. So if you want to get tips on when and how to talk to your kids, visit talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. 
Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the Exeter Sports Network. 30 to nothing in favor of the Exeter Eagles. As we try to pull up some of the out-of-town scoreboard updates, courtesy of Mike Drago Sports, friend of the uh, broadcast, Mike Drago. That's one you pick up your phone or your PC or MacBook and you scramble to find it. I keep forgetting that Exeter literally blocks all social media websites. So if you connect to the Exeter uh, Wi-Fi, you are not accessing Twitter at all, which kind of makes it difficult to, uh, you know, do our job here at halftime. I'm not complaining. Exeter is, a, is lovely. I would not change a thing. One of the best setups that we will have all year. But also, um, I would like to access Twitter, please. And I will say, they really have been spectacular. Any of our needs, they, Tom Legath, the AD, comes to our, our aid and provides whatever we need. So, Which reminds me, very we, need, appreciative. we do need to thank the Exeter Stadium crew, including Rick Carey, Dean Moan, and Anthony Bourne uh, for all of their help here today. So I try to peek it if we're actually going to be able to access the, uh, at the forecast. So while Ryan takes a look at yeah, that. Yeah, please take it away. We'll take a look at first half scoring. Of course, it got started fairly unconventionally as Boyertown kicking the ball away deep in their own territory. Ball marked at the 14-yard line. Jovan Hollis blocking it. It goes out of the end zone. And at the 3.59 mark of the first quarter, it's 2-0 Exeter. Come back 2.31 to go. Exeter strikes again quickly. Zach Zandier running straight down the middle of the field. Taking a 30-yard touchdown pass from Mason Rotelli. And on a strange PAT conversion where Carter Redding couldn't come up with it cleanly, scrambles to the left as the wagons were circling to try to bring him down. He heaves it the entire length of the field to the near side where Richie Karstein could haul it in and take it in for the two-point conversion. So 231 left in the first, and Exeter goes up 10-0. After an Alex Panero INT, Exeter then goes 51 yards in eight plays. And ultimately, as I'm looking at my notes here, they punch it in on a five-yard pass with 9.39 to go. The PAT again muffed, and they couldn't get it into the end zone. So 16-0 at the 9.39 mark. And Exeter continued their defensive dominance. Boyertown not able to get anything going. And at the 6.58 mark, in one play, Exeter took over at the bare 46-yard line. And this was the play where Ritelli throws it to Joey Schlaffer on a crossing route. He comes up with it, reverses field, runs into the end zone. And at the 6.58 mark of the second, it's 23-0 Exeter. 
Jonathan Martin comes up with a big sack. His grandfather would be very happy with you right now. We, we try to please. We try to please. <laughs> Jonathan Martin comes up with a big sack in Boyertown's next possession. And as a result, Exeter takes the ball with Carter Redding, a 14-yard pass from Mason Ritelli at the 3.03 mark, and it's 30 to nothing. Boyertown ultimately had a final possession there at the end of the half. But Jovan Hollis comes up with an INT on a desperation heave on the left sideline. Exeter runs out the clock. And Ryan, here we are, 30 to nothing. Here we are. Sadly, not even the biggest score of the night around Berks County, as I've learned searching the Twitter sphere. But looking over the offensive stats from this game in particular, Mason Rotelli, three touchdowns through the air. Again, six touchdowns, no INTs going through the first two games of the year. I have him down as seven for nine for 140 yards. And two of those touchdowns, one of them going for 30, one of them going for 46, had another pass for 31. So it's not just dink and dunk here from Exeter. When they're going long, they're going long. And they're hitting their wide receivers, including Joey Schlaffer. He has three catches for 59 yards and a touchdown, including that 46-yarder. Zach Zandier with two catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. And again, Carter Redding with a 14-yard reception uh, for the score. And Brant with a six-yard reception as well. On the ground, Richie Karstein leading the way. He has 10 carries for 69 yards here in the first half. Carter Redding with one for two. Caceres, two for seven. Schlaffer, one for six. And Mason Rotelli rounding it out with two carries for six yards. Again, I talk about how this isn't even the worst score that we've had to look at here. Uh, Hamburg was leading 35-0 by the end of the first quarter in their game. So that one's a big old yikes against a Warrior Run. Hamburg at home on that one. And then continuing all the way through here, right now Twin Valley and CD East tied at 14. Last chance, that was with a buck 45 left in the second quarter. Meanwhile, Redding leading Muhlenberg 14 to six. Muhlenberg off to a pretty good start. They got their first win in what seems like forever last week. And uh, Redding, when I was calling them against Berks Catholic, not the worst team that Berks Catholic played last year, so not a total surprise here that they're leading by eight with 6.29 left to play in the first half. Meanwhile, a barn burner up in Allentown as Berks Catholic currently leading executive education charter school tonight. Three to nothing in the second quarter. That one much closer than anticipated as that one I did bring to you here uh, with Jerry Gellif Media last year and that game was over by halftime. They actually, that was the game where I ended up going home because they had uh, thunderstorms and there was lightning in the area. So I literally went home because I was like, I'm 10 minutes away and they still need to finish this game eventually. They ended up choosing not to finish the game. They ended it at halftime. <laughs> that was the first game of the year last year. They, it remember was. Remember, they were all screwed up. It was. We played on Saturday in Exeter, remember? We did, yep. I remember. So they ended up choosing. That one was a barn burner in favor of Burke's Catholic um, as that was Executive Charter uh, Academy's first ever football game coming into Burke's Catholic. 
Uh, now entering their second year here up in Allentown. I believe they're playing at Muhlenberg right now. And taking a look at some of the other scores as well, Conestoga Valley leading Daniel Boone at the half, 21 to nothing. Uh, Governor Mifflin currently trailing 13 to seven against Carlisle as they are struggling to get out of the Nick Singleton era as they lost last week and certainly looking down the barrel of a potential one this week as well. And again, talking about not the largest score deficit here at the half. Wyo on top of Pottsville, 35 to nothing. And that one just before halftime, about nine minutes ago, they had 18 seconds left in the half. Taking a look at that one. Obviously, Mike Mitchell is here on behalf of the Mike Drago Sports Network. Sean McBrien reporting. Wilson and Central Dolphin tied at seven. Last update about 12 minutes ago with 9.01 left in the second. And again, then again, we brought to you the update from Weiser as they are currently leading Fleetwood 21-7. As Seven Parham's scored his second touchdown of the day. Josh Miller just coming up with Weiser's third interception of the day just two minutes ago. So there's your out-of-town scoreboard update. Good way to kill time during halftime, right, Jerry? Indeed, Ryan. <laughs> I always like how Jerry's ready to go. I'm trying to do 75 things, man. I'm sorry. I, I, don't, have to, I, I don't just have to be pretty and talk. And Exeter fans, Penn State Health St. Joseph Medical Center is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly. Our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now. Or our on-demand app and walk-in lab mammography and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. So this halftime once again brought to you by Musos. And with that, we will take a quick break. And when we come back, more Exeter Eagles football. Looking to extend that 30 to nothing lead here at home in Riften. We'll be back on the Exeter Sports Network. Musso's Restaurant is Exeter's family-friendly, casual dining spot. Everything from full Italian dinners to sandwiches and more can be had at Musso's. Tuesday is pizza night, Wednesday is spaghetti night, and Thursday is sandwich night. Dine-in or take-out. A great place to watch college games on Saturday afternoon, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, and you can listen to the Exeter Eagles every Friday night on the Exeter Sports Network at Musso's. Family-owned, great food, and great people. Musso's Restaurant, 4212 St. Lawrence Avenue in Exeter. Selling or buying a house? Call Mikey LeBron of eXp Realty. Mikey is a full-service realtor dealing in residential, business, and investment realty services. Whether it is local, statewide, national, or even international, Mikey can fulfill your real estate needs. 
Service to his customers is his prime focus, and that has put Mikey in the top 15% of all real estate agents in the nation. Contact Mikey LeBron at 484-772-5106 or on the web at myagentmikey.com. You're listening to Exeter Equals Football on the Exeter Sports Network. We are getting ready for third quarter action here in Rifton. Boyertown on the field. The Exeter cheerleaders outlining the runway for Exeter once they get onto the field. And here they come. Not a moment too soon. Well, at least three of them. (laughs) Yeah. There's the rest of them. All right. Only 70-some-odd kids on this team, and three of them are ready to go. That's right. It's one of those, all right, let's go. Um, yeah. Okay. That's what we always talk about. Do you need a Snickers? You know, whenever there's something that just goes horribly wrong, it's, you know, eat a Snickers. Now they all look motivated. You know, that is, there is something to be said for that. You've got a 30 to nothing lead at halftime. You do still have to bring the intensity in the second half. It's easy just to, and I'm not saying Boyertown necessarily has the the, the power, the offensive, uh, you know, power juggernaut in order to come back in this game. But you do have to maintain that intensity or you let down a little bit and momentum can be a hard thing to get back. Yeah, I'm sure at some point in time, Exeter will let their foot off the gas. I'd anticipate a lot of run plays. You know, maybe Carter Redding and Caceres get into the game a little bit more. They only have three carries combined. Karstein shouldering the load with 10 carries to start here. Uh, So maybe we'll see a little bit more out of what was that three-headed monster last week. Uh, Maybe a few more designed runs for Rotelli. Something to keep the ball on the ground and out of the air. I'm certainly, they may still take a shot or two just to keep Boyertown honest. But, you know, if you have hard, tough running, and you have that great offensive line, you can still dominate even if you're only keeping the ball on the ground. That's right. You're still looking to run the clock, and they're not too very far from a running clock right now either. So certainly something that we'll look forward to here in the second half. Exeter finally breaks their huddle. Boyertown comes onto the field to accept the second half kickoff. Matt Skipper will do the honors for the Eagles. I think it's Matt Skipper. I better make sure it's not Matthew. (laughs) I'm going to start calling everyone by their mother-given names. We're not taking the chance. Whatever's on their birth certificate is what we are going to call all of these guys. It's an excellent idea, right? That's going to be our next request. Please submit your It's Joseph Joseph Schlaffer. Thank you. Wait a minute. Is this going to be like the Little League World Series where, you know, (laughs) they're really going to be like 26? (laughs) We're checking birth certificates before our next game. That's going to be a requirement. So Matthew Skipper has the ball on the tee. He's ready to get this second half started. Moving towards it, a foot's into it, and we are underway. Return starts from the five. Oaks has it, trying to reverse field from left to right, and he's taken down at the 17-yard line. Yeah, he kind of slipped a bit after he got the football and certainly didn't help not getting a full head of steam in front of him as he is taken down, and he's not going to make it back to the 20. And that's where Boyertown will take over, first and 10. Again, looks like the 17-yard line is where they'll start this one. 
Just a note from the first half there. As uh, Joey Schlaffer set a program record last week against Daniel Boone, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring that up. But now sitting just five receptions shy of being Exeter's all-time leader after that first half. Boyertown starts the second half with Ryder Garris behind center. He tries to throw it. It's knocked down at the line of scrimmage. They're going to say Anthony Cachese was the one. When you go 6-6 on the line and your QB barely gets to 6 foot, yeah, I can see that happening a few times. Yeah, right now, Ryder Garris listed 6-1, 155. And uh, looking at him next to some of his linemen, I question that. That, <laughs> that is the bonus. That's the Charles Barkley 6-6. Yeah, that's the I was measured in my cleats yesterday. <laughs> this one just a handoff up the gut. And nowhere for Oaks to go wrapped up. He probably gets back to the original line of scrimmage. It'll make it third and, well, it looks like they'll give him a yard. So call it third and nine. Yeah, it looks like that was the Savage on the carry. Palange with the tackle. And once again, just absolutely nowhere to go. You know, they had some success with those quick hits, just the quick fullback dives to you, Savage. He was able to get through holes. Uh, because quite honestly, with Cachese and whatnot in the middle, those holes close up in a hurry. So third and nine, ball on the 18-yard line. Garris under center, hands the ball off, running left. We'll see if we can figure that. That's going to be Anthony, Anthony Famulato. Are you sure it's Anthony or is it Tony? I'm going Anthony. Famula Row. Listening to some Sopranos talk on the way over here, I'm going Anthony. <laughs> so he stopped well short of a first down. And Boyertown uh, stopped almost well short here of having a full 11 players on the field as well. Fourth and five, here's the punt. It skips back, he gets it away. Pashley has it at the 44, crosses the 50, the 45, the 40, the 35. He's run out of bounds at the 32. Nice return for Exeter. That's where they'll take over first and 10. Nice return, and Hollis springing him free there for about an extra five yards at the end with the block up ahead down that left sideline. 19 yards on the punt return for Pashley. Last year, Jacob Wolf was the standout in the return game, and Nathan Pashley very well could continue that tradition this year at Exeter. Well, it looks like uh, Joey Schlaffer's day might be over here as he has taken his helmet off, and he'll take a seat on the bench up 30 to nothing, and <laughs> listen, 30 to nothing. You rest your best player. Mason Ritelli takes the snap and the gun. He's running Woo! right up the gut. Getting down to the 15-yard line. 17 for Rotelli on the keeper. That was one of those just kind of follow your blocks and glide on down to the 15. It's almost like I said that they should run Rotelli on some keepers at halftime. Like I said, just call me Mike Boyer. There you go. It's fine. Ryan Boyer, you like that? I don't, not at all. Okay. First and 10. Mike is the, not my daddy. Rotelli has it, 
Hands it off to Karstein, running left, untouched, into the end zone, 15 yards, touchdown Exeter. Karstein, his first touchdown of the day, and he earned that one. 15 yards out, give him 84 yards on 11 touches. And again, speaking of touches, nobody touching him on that one. Wide open lane. Zach Zandier on for the PAT. There's the snap. Redding has it down. His foot's through it, and it's good. 9.34 to go here in the third. Exeter 37, Boyertown nothing. We'll be back after this break. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. Matthew Skipper gets his foot into it. It goes into the end zone. Oaks tried to bring it out, but it crossed the goal line, so they'll start at the 25. Honestly, they're probably getting more yards by him just uh, staying behind the goal line. Sorry, that was maybe a little too mean. This is the kind of hard-hitting uh, coverage you're not going to get on WEEU. That's right. It's that is the truth. It's high school, so they'll actually put it on the 20-yard line. That's been one of the biggest differences of this entire football game. Exeter is starting on what seems like Boyertown's side of the field every single time. They fielded punts on Boyertown's side of the field. And here's Boyertown barely getting past their own 20-yard line every single possession. Exeter calling timeout, a little confusion on the defensive side. We're going to keep it right here. Ran out of sponsors, Jerry. Jonathan Martin coming back onto the field for Exeter. No, I just don't want to blow people's ears out with sponsorships. <laughs> I do have that much of a conscience. Around hey, they do keep the lights on. But I agree with you with your earlier comment. Obviously, in this second half, uh, it looks like the starters are still in on the defensive line, but I think certainly at a certain point they'll pull them just like they did Schlaffer and give those starters a rest. I mean, there's no sense. Exactly. You know, and especially when you're dealing with a lot of seniors on that defensive line and, and defense just in general. You know, these are the types of games, especially against someone like Boyertown, you're giving them a ton of experience being able to sub out some of those seniors, get in the underclassmen, and get them the reps needed in actual game time decisions. And that's, you're exactly right. This is one of those where Boyertown can take a large amount of information from this because you play a game against a team like Exeter, yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Here's Oaks, or we'll see if it's Yeskavage. Trying to run off right tackle, there's nothing there. It's Yeskavage. Absolutely nothing there. He'll lose a yard 
It'll be second and 11 for Boyertown. And these guys are just blowing up the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's not a, you know, not a terrible surprise uh, knowing what we know about this Exeter team. You know, ranked seventh in the entire state in 5A. You know, this is one of the better teams that you're going to see all year and showing it, showing it against a team like Boyertown. Here's the snap. Garris is actually, it's not Garris, it's Penarello. Under center, handing it off, and again, absolutely nowhere to go. Another loss of three. And that time he faked the handoff to you, Savage, and honestly probably should have just handed it to him. And he ends up eating it instead. Bring up third and 16. And this is where an experienced defensive line from Exeter just controlling, and, and obviously Boyertown doesn't have the size to keep up with them. But we talked about getting complacent, and Exeter certainly is not doing that. So a good job at halftime with Coach Bauer reminding them that the game's not over yet. Yeah, it's good for these guys to just figure out how to close out games. You know, Boyertown may not be on your level, but it's important to note they're not playing down to Boyertown's level either. You know, this is certainly a team that is going to absolutely keep their foot on the gas. That's a credit to the kids that are out there on the field. It's a credit to the coaching staff, keeping them mentally in the game. You know, certainly looking for that shutout here tonight, and it's, you know, one of just a handful of shutouts in this entire history is taking a look at it. There were, well, I did have it pulled up there, four shutouts in the series. The last one was 2019 as Exeter winning by surprise, a 37-0 final score. Uh, but three shutouts in the series to Exeter's credit. Once in 1997, a 40-0 victory. One in 2014, which is 28-0. And again, the aforementioned 2019. Boyertown with the one to their credit in 2000 as part of the only two victories that they had the entire uh, series against Exeter came in 99 and 2000. That one was a 21-0 win. Nigel Meekins injured on the play, walking off under his own power. That's good to see. We hope he's not injured too seriously. It looks like he's holding that right arm kind of gingerly, maybe a hand or a wrist. It'll be third and 15 for Boyertown on their own 15-yard line. There's the snap. Panarello rolling left, nothing there. Coming back to the right, trying to tuck it. Absolutely nowhere to go. He's brought down by Jonathan Martin. A flag comes in late. Yeah, Here's we're gonna a have, second flag. We're likely going to have offsetting penalties. So there was a definite hold there as Panarello rolled out to his left, saw that there was nothing there on the pass, tried rolling it back to his right then and making a run for it. So there was a definite hold and then a retaliation after the hold, uh, a definite push here from Exeter. Somebody's mother won't be happy with him after the game. So those two penalties will likely offset and will probably replay third down. Referees having that discussion. It's going to be a hold against Boyertown and a dead ball foul unsportsmanlike conduct against Exeter. As you mentioned, they cancel out. I do know football. Nicely done. Yet, 
Okay, he, he still has the football in his hand and he's walked off a few. He, he shouldn't be, be walking off anything. <laughs> he should be setting it down at the 15. Okay, they're gonna walk off the, the personal foul. So essentially, they'll get about five yards, looks like seven yards. Yeah, there you end go. End result gain for Boyertown. All right, maybe I don't know football then. So it's going to be third down, call it a long eight. Ball at the 22. Panarello under center. He hands it off right up the gut. Yaskavage goes untouched up near the 40-yard line. And another dead and ball foul. And here's another dead ball foul against Exeter in all probability. I don't know about that. I think it's against Boyertown. It looks like number three, little extracurricular after the play. That would be Gio Daddario. I looked over to the right and just saw the Exeter player getting a little animated, so I wasn't quite sure which way they were going to go. Yeah, no, that it. was... Gio going against Shintaro Agawa. So if it is dead ball, you're looking at the first down, I believe, and they're going to march it off. Yep, a personal foul <laughs> against Boyertown. So they're basically just walking. They're walking towards the Boyertown goal line, then back to the Exeter goal line. This one ultimately... Well, we're still trying to figure out where the where they're lining it up. Okay. So they got the they first down. They got about four down. yards. They got the first down as a result of the play. They did. So it's going to be first and ten, but the ball is marked on the 26-yard line after all that. Here's a run off the left side, Anthony Famulato. He gets over the 30, maybe to the 32-yard line. He Call gets about six. six. And it'll be second and four for Boyertown. Mark the ball on the 32-yard line. Yeah, it's a real shame on that last play that got called back because that was you Savage again. That was that quick-hitting, like, fullback dive that they had before any holes can close up there on the offensive line. Panarello under center. A quick handoff right away, I'll but try no again. room that time. PA announcer extraordinaire Jay Schmidt gave us a great call for that last uh, for that last play. First and Mana Young. That would be a while. Actually, though, it was first and ten because again, how that how it played out. It was still very funny. So the ball's on the 33 yard line. Call it third and a short four. What do you mean, like clown funny? <laughs> clown funny? <laughs> huh? I amuse you. <laughs> Panarello under center. Single setback, fakes the handoff. He's rolling right, looking right, tries to throw it over Has the middle. Him. It is complete to Jason Oaks at the 45. He found a hole there in the zone. He makes the grab, taken down at the 47. The bare 47, it's a first down. And their drive continues. Yeah, not much sauce on that pass, but just enough. Once again, settling kind of in between that zone coverage there and able to find a nice little spot there at the 47. It was a floater, but like you said, enough time to get it to him. Five minutes to go here in the third. Panarello under center again. Hand off to the right. Taking a look to see it's Oaks. 
Doesn't get a whole lot, maybe, uh, maybe a yard as I'm looking where they're marking it. Call it second and nine, ball's gonna be placed on the bare 48. That was Jonathan Martin coming off the edge there making the stop. Nicely done. His grandfather, friend of the broadcast. And if he's not, he will be because we're calling him by his actual name. That's right. Panarello under center, single setback, Yaskavage. Two receivers left, motion right to left. It's a toss to Yaskavage running around left end. There's a lot of room inside Eagle territory. It'll be a first down. He gets to the 41-yard line. It's an 11-yard run for Yeskavage, and it'll be an Exeter, excuse me, a Boyertown first down. Well, now we're starting to see some of the wear down of the second-team defense here as Gavin Reiking, the second-team safety, coming across there, shedding his block and making the play. And again, we're starting to see a little bit of mixing and matching here on the defensive end, so not a complete shock that Boyertown getting off the schneid here. Here's a handoff to Yuskavage. He fights up the middle. I'm thinking that he, he may have fumbled the football because it looked like Yuskavage initially had it, but Anthony Famulato shows up with the football, runs it inside the 30 to the 29-yard line. It's another first down for Boyertown. And Reiking again with the stop there as he ended up running. Uh, ended up running into the back of one of his linemen, kind of bounced off of him and found more running room. Panarello under center. It's a quick hitter to Yaskavage again, running right up the gut, and he's going to take it into the end zone. Touchdown, Boyertown. 29 yards. That play has worked about 70% of the time, all the time tonight. And this time going up against a lot of what looks like a second-team secondary back there. He's just able to get to the second level and race past everyone for the score. Absolutely, I would agree. This is one of those where it's great experience for the younger ones, and, of course, with Boyertown's first team still in there, being able to take advantage of that. 2.51 to go here in the third, waiting for the PAT. It's a good thing I brought up all those stats about shutouts. The ball's in the air, and it's through the upright. So 2.51 to go in the third. Exeter 37, Boyertown 7. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. You're listening to Exeter Eagles football with Ryan and Darren on the Exeter Sports Network. Boyertown will be kicking it off. I believe that is Carter Redding deep for Exeter. Standing around the seven yard line, the ball's in the air. And indeed, Redding will take it about the 16. He runs to the right. He's got the 20, 25 where he's hit and driven back. So they'll probably mark it, I'm gonna say about the 27 yard line with forward progress. And that's where Exeter will take over first and 10. 
And we'll see what the offense looks like coming back out here. Up by 30 with the running clock behind him. We'll see how many second teamers that they end up spotting in there. We shall see which QB. Oh, Mason Ritelli back out there. Pharrell Caceres will be in the backfield. So it certainly does look like they have replaced some offensive linemen, not all of them. It looks like Jameer Frederick out at right tackle. He's kind of picking their spots to put in the second teamers. Ritelli in the gun. He's got Caceres behind him. He's running left. Tries to find an opening, but Famulato's there to wrap him up. Takes him down for no gain. Hope they're going to give him a yard on it. Call it second and nine. Ball in the 28-yard line. I'm honestly not even sure if he saw him coming out of the side of his eye because it looked like his eyes were downfield, focusing on Palange as his lead blocker, and he just came out of nowhere and stopped him for a gain of only three feet. Looked like he was putting his left foot in the turf in order to go right, and all of a sudden the hit was there. All right, so here Mason Ritelli rolling left. Ultimately takes a big hit as he crosses the 30-yard line. So we'll see where they ultimately mark it. That's one of those I'm not quite sure you want Mason Ritelli taking that kind of hit at this stage of the game. Yeah, maybe a little ill-advised there. There was a big hit towards the end of that. Logan Wegman came all the way back and laid a bone-crunching hit that thankfully spared Rotelli, but Rotelli took the brunt of the next one. Brought it out to the 32, so it's third and five, maybe a short six. Caceres trying to run left tackle. There's nothing there. He's thrown back. Maybe a gain of one, if anything. Needless to say, it'll be fourth down, and Exeter will be punting it away. Yeah, that hole immediately disappeared. It went from being something to absolutely nothing as that guard and tackle ended up pinching in on themselves and he had absolutely nowhere to go. That is going to be the end of the third quarter. It's Exeter 37, Bears 7. We're going to keep it right here as Jerry is frolicking on the grounds. Oh, he's back. He was a shapeshifter. <laughs> so we will take a quick break. You're listening to the Exeter Sports Network. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the Exeter Sports Network on Jerry Gelliff Media. Well, we'll swap places again. Fourth and six for Exeter. As Exeter bringing out the punt team. Boyertown lining up their re receivers way deep. I guess they think he's going to pull it to the left as well. He's running out there, and he certainly is. 
Getting a good line drive. This one's going to bounce at the 25. Take an Exeter bounce inside the 20 where they'll down it. Just a few inches inside the 20. Looks like they'll mark it at the 19. Your Boyertown wanted no parts of that. Their returners were back around the 10, 15 yard line and just waiting for the bounce. And interesting as well, they had one receiver in the middle of the field, the other on the far side, which kind of made it an easy decision for the punter to run to the near side and kick it away from them. But running clock in effect, 37 to seven in favor of the Eagles. Again, they will come out and it looks like Garris under center. It is and Garris. It is. Handoff once again going to Yusavage. Savage breaking it free. He's across the 40. Finally tackled from behind around the 45. And again, now you're seeing what he did. The stat sheet will not indicate any of this when you look in the paper tomorrow. You'll just see, oh look, Savage went for 100 yards. But important to notate that virtually all of those yards have come here late in the third quarter and start of the fourth uh, when you're starting to look at a lot of second teamers sprinkled into that lineup. And Exeter bringing back Lucas Palange off the sideline. So we'll see if he doesn't do something to try to corral Scavage as far as those run yards. 10-15 left. They're going to hand off to Savage again. And this time he's met in the backfield and will end up eating a few yards. Palange was in on the stop. And it looks like McConnell, number 77, also in on the tackle as well. McConnell lining up as their second team defensive end. So I think Exeter getting a little tired of giving up those long runs because Joey Schlaffer comes back into the game to play right in. Oh, wow. Still a 30-point game with a running clock. And they'll go Schlaffer's way, this time a toss play. End up getting spun around. That time it was Oaks spinning out across the 45, close Justin, to the 50. Justin Hernandez in on the tackle for Exeter. And Hernandez not even listed on first or second team defense. So that shows how deep we're currently working through the Eagles lineup. Third down and seven, 49-yard line. This time rolling out, trying to drop it off. A one-handed catch there by Savage. Savage still going with it, and he's inside the 30. Nice play there. Slow reaching developing. Up. Yep, reaching up, making that grab. He's certainly a special player for Boyertown. He's going to rack up a ton of yards against Pac-10 opponents. And quite frankly, racking up a ton of yards here in the second half against Exeter. Zach Zandier almost had Garris rolling out to the right. Zandier was ready to lower a shoulder into him. Once again, Garris under center, hands off. Quick hitter again to Yusavage. Yusavage will get a couple and nothing more. So it looks like he's starting to run into some of those offensive starters as well. Looks 
like that might have been either Frederick or McConnell. You weren't kidding about the uh, the black jerseys with the blue numbers. It is extraordinarily difficult to see. I took a lot of heat last year because I couldn't see them. And My eye doctor swears I have 20-20 vision with my contacts. Make it second down and eight on the 26-yard line. Garris again under center. He'll drop back looking for space, and he's going to get rocked. Looks like Jonathan Martin coming up, and he has just been playing with his hair on fire whenever he gets inside that pocket. Well, it's because you started using his proper name. It's because I started using his proper name. Jonathan Martin, 6'2", 184 senior. Making his presence felt here in the fourth. That's at least his second sack of the game by my remembrance. Make it third and 12 for the Bears. They're in certainly four down territory here, so keep that in mind as they line up. Two running backs in the backfield. They're going to fake the handoff to both. End up just whipping it all the way down the field. One-on-one -on -one coverage going up for it and coming down with it. That's a heck of a catch there by Famolaro. As he was tightly covered, he just tracked the ball in the air, leapt up for it, and ended up coming down with it. It looked like Joe Van Hollis had a chance to he did. get the INT turned around, but give Formularo the benefit of adjusting to the football, making the nice grab. That's a heck of a job adjusting to it in the air, catching it as he's falling down on his back, makes it 37-13 in favor of the Eagles. Bears lining up for the extra point. Spot is down, the kick is up. And that one is no good. A line drive kick ends up going wide left. So still a 24-point advantage with 6.42 left here in the fourth when we return on the Exeter Sports Network. Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. And back to it as Pashley receives it inside the 20. He's out across the 30, coming towards the Exeter sideline. Now cuts back inside. And he's going to be met by a handful of bears before he can hit the 40. So a decent 20-plus yard return there by Pashley. Gets it just inside. Looks like they'll mark it around the 38. 37, we'll call it 37. Now I believe we're going to see the backup QB coming in. Certainly hope so at this point, as it certainly does look like they will make the swap. Much as they did last week against Daniel Boone. It's a nice start to the season, being able to punch in your second team quarterbacks as this time trying to hand it off to Redding. Redding ends up slipping and loses a few 
And number 12, Gavin Miller, the new Exeter quarterback, a 6-1-165 sophomore. So once again, you're looking at the potential for Miller coming into, you know, as a sophomore here, could be looking at being Exeter's starting quarterback next year. Again, just invaluable time for him, even if it's mop-up duty. You're still out there against a Bears defense that's looking to get the ball back. This time he hands off. And coming around the corner, going to stay in bounds is Caceres. And I take that back. It's actually a freshman that's in there. It's number 13, not 12, because I can't see the numbers. It's actually Riley Martinez, a 6'2", freshman. Even better. No, but 12 is out oh, there. Now he's so coming you're not, back out, so, so they're you're not rotating. Kidding. Okay, they're rotating back and forth because I know it was 13 on the last handoff. That's perfectly fine. So once again, Gavin Miller this time handing off to Caceres. Caceres trying to cut back up against the grain, and he will not gain a darn thing as it looks like Boyertown well, you can't go home with all your timeouts, regardless of how far you're behind. So they may as well use them. 4-16 left to play here. 37-13 in favor of the Exeter Eagles as they're looking to cruise here to their second victory of the season. Boyertown, if it all stands, would be 1-1. One one. I'm looking for the rule that when it's a running clock and you call timeout, the clock still runs. I'd be perfectly timed with burning an extra minute or two off the clock. We did have a request for the Alvernia football score, and it's 31 to 20 in favor of Ursinus. Alvernia with a wonderful article at MikeDragoSports.com saying that they were irritated that they were selected to finish last in the MAC by a polling of their peers and coaches. And I hate to break it to you, but it's what happens when you have three wins in three years. You mentioned Alverni. I'll throw a shout-out to Luke Amarell. He's a defensive end for the Wolves. A Schuylkill Valley product, my kids, going there. So a shout-out to Luke Amarell. Matt Skipper trying to fake everyone out. They end up running a fake punt. And he's going to gain about a yard, but needed a bit more than that. They'll turn the ball over. Yeah, they were looking for five yards. They got four of them. So it'll be Boyer Town ball. But 3.30 left to play here as, once again, they will continue rotating around as Penarello in the Savage game. still getting the ball, pounding the middle. Now it's a rugby scrum at the 40-yard line. Everybody getting into it. There's about nine players from each team on that pile. As he'll gain just a handful of yards, he gets up to the 40. Gain of about four. Only thing they needed was a larger football. Is that what it's called in rugby? I don't know what the ball is called in rugby. Is it called a football? Uh... That's a little past my depth. Mine too, which is thus the question. Another yes. handoff again. This one going off the left side, trying to drag some people. Helmets flying. 
And look at that, number 60, Justin Hernandez in on the stop, no helmet. And that was not going to stop him. He didn't back out of that at all. So just a few more to gain there. They'll get it down. It'll look like third down and one. About six yards on the carry for you, Savage. He's had himself a heck of a second half. So, of course, why the Alvernia game would be of note. Uh, former Exeter starting quarterback Colin Payne currently starting at QB for the Golden Wolves as well. That one in and out of the hands. So he had Farmalaro able to make the tough catch in the end zone, but unable to make the one that hits him right in the bread basket. And it looks like Boyertown taking another timeout. Colin Payne, by the way, under their new coach, uh, Coach Azario, uh, they are throwing the football, to say the least. He's 13 to 22, two touchdowns and two interceptions for the former Exeter quarterback. Not surprising, Colin Payne in his senior year was just lights out. We saw it early when they played, uh, let's see, West York uh, with Bo Prebula last year, early in the season. And it was a lot of fun. It was a 35-31 uh, West York win. But it was a lot of fun to see Bo Prebula and Colin air it out that game. Of course, Bo now on the bench with Penn State. Thought we might see him last night. Once Drew Aller came out, I thought, hmm, I wonder where they're going to go. But, of course, they went back to Sean Clifford once he was healthy. Naturally. Yeah. Sean Clifford, the uh, what feels like the 10th-year senior for Penn State. He's only been starting there since about 1998. You know, when you have records, you know, they're saying he's going to set all these records at Penn well, State. Well, yeah, I'd Does set records, really too, count? if I started yeah. five years. Does it count? It's like the asterisk with Barry Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you throw in the COVID year, you know, he gets an extra, extra little space out of it as you savage going all the way down, rumbling inside the 10. Joven Hollis doing a nice job bringing him down, determined not to allow him to get to the end zone. Well, it's good to see Hollis back into the fray here as well. We've got a score for you. Wilson 17, Central Dolphins 7. Is that a final? It is I'm surprised you could read that. It, it's Jerry. It's like Jerry speak. wrote it left-handed, blindfolded. <laughs> this one, again, they're going to Try to punch it up the middle and stop short of the goal line as we now tick down inside of one minute. So Boyertown just looking to get an extra score up here on the board. And again, the final score will not showcase how dominant Exeter was through the first half. Could be looking down the gut of what is a 37 to 20 game and you think, all right, they only lost by, you know, almost two scores. Uh, this game was not close leading up to Exeter deciding to pull Joey Schlaffer out of this game, start pulling some of the starters out. And like you mentioned, with, uh, and I have to make sure I say his name right, you Savage, his numbers are going to look like he had a monster game. And sure. ultimately, again, garbage time, if you will, as far as the Exeter defense, certainly those numbers are going to be padded. So the clock stops with 56.9 seconds remaining. They'll be on the three-yard line.
but a good outing for Exeter. This is one of those games we talked about it. You obviously are supposed to win. They didn't come out here. They didn't play down to their opponent. They were very methodical. They ran the offense that they're capable of running. Sure. And a positive result. Well, it will certainly be a tick in the win column for the Eagles. As this time they will pitch it outside and diving across the goal line and in is your Savage. So it will be 37-19. And it certainly looks like they're keeping the offense out there. So going for two, why not? Give Boyertown credit, even though they're still playing their starters, they, they haven't given up. They're still fighting. They're, they're still doing everything they can on offense. And this time they are in for the two-point conversion, so 37-21 with 37.9 seconds remaining. This one well in hand. Exeter will likely just field it and take a knee, and that's all she wrote. Probably one of those games if your head coach, Matt Bauer, you just want to get through this without any injury. It's, it's a game you're going to win in all probability anyway, but you don't want to have that one injury which could potentially taint the rest of the year. Man, you almost just field this kickoff, take a knee with it, or just run it right out of bounds, and then get your offense out on the field, take another knee, and get on out of here. Call it a night. That's it. Looks like Bauer already has his headset off, so there's nothing much going on here. This is now I'm, I'm literally well, that one's show upside down. How he handed it to me. That yeah. one, that one is most certainly upside down. We've got another score for you: Reading 21, Muhlenberg six. Interesting about this: Muhlenberg's only win last year came against Reading, so maybe it a little, did. yeah, a, a little payback for Reading this year. And that one, Burdine has uh, been a problem for Muhlenberg. He's approaching 100 yards on the ground against the Mules. Looks like they're going to try an onside kick. Well, why not? Let's pull out all the bags of tricks, and that one, not even close. It's going to go off Exeter hands. Boyertown diving for it. It's going to stay with the Eagles. And the running clock should take care of it. It should. You set the play clock to 40, and that is all she wrote. The offense won't even go out onto the field with the running clock. Well, I guess they will, but they won't have to run anything. As a 16-second difference between play clock and game clock in Exeter's favor. And, yeah, the offense is just kind of dancing around and saying, all right, yeah, I guess we don't have to go out there. So that will do it. They'll just line up, shake hands, and get on out of here. 37-21 Exeter cruising in the first half and using that to pick up their second win of the year. We'll be back to recap everything that happened here tonight when we return on the Exeter Sports Network.
Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. Birdies has open mic night, dancing to the oldies night, Monday and Thursday wing nights, and musical acts playing two times a week. And with the NFL Sunday ticket and 22 TVs, there's no chance you're going to miss a single game. Sports, music, great food and drinks. What more do you need? Birdies reminds you to always have fun and be kind. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road. There's always something new at the Old Inn. Penn State Health St. Joseph is here for all of your health and wellness needs. Whether it's our primary care and specialists throughout the region seeing you soon, our urgent care centers in Muhlenberg, Maiden Creek, and Straustown seeing you quickly, our emergency room in Burn Township seeing you now, or our on-demand app and walk-in lab, mammography, and imaging services seeing you anytime. We're ready when you need us to get you back to the health you need to live the way you want. Visit PennStateHealth.org to learn more. Selling or buying a house? Call Mikey LeBron of EXP Realty. Mikey is a full-service realtor dealing in residential, business, and investment realty services. Whether it is local, statewide, national, or even international, Mikey can fulfill your real estate needs. Service to his customers is his prime focus, and that has put Mikey in the top 15% of all real estate agents in the nation. Contact Mikey LeBron at 484-772-5106 or on the web at myagentmikey.com. Musso's Restaurant is Exeter's family-friendly, casual dining spot. Everything from full Italian dinners to sandwiches and more can be had at Musso's. Tuesday is pizza night, Wednesday is spaghetti night, and Thursday is sandwich night. Dine-in or take-out. A great place to watch college games on Saturday afternoon, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, and you can listen to the Exeter Eagles every Friday night on the Exeter Sports Network at Musso's. Family-owned, great food, and great people. Musso's Restaurant, 4212 St. Lawrence Avenue in Exeter. You're listening to Exeter Eagles Football with Ryan and Darren on the Exeter Sports Network. I'm not sure which one of us is taking it. I wasn't sure. I was looking at you, <laughs> and it's like, oh, Normally you it. come back from breaks. It's fine. I'll That's allow it. Right. That's all right. So 37-21, your final score here. Just taking a look back, it was 37-0. So Boyertown did not let up, even if Boy uh, Exeter did here in the second half, putting their uh, letting their foot off the gas just a little bit, starting to sub in some second and third teamers, getting some experience across the board. Uh, and that's when uh, you Savage started to cook for Boyertown, absolutely running rampant. And like I said, the stats will not quite show the entire picture here. Boyer Boyertown was losing the uh, total yard battle at halftime, 227 to 20. So after Exeter came out, ended up scoring in two plays uh, to open up that second half, it was pretty much lights out uh, the rest of the way. Tonight, pretty much what I actually expected to see last week, at least more of a dose, but Richie Karstein in the backfield, he's the one, he's going to grind it out for you. Just a powerful runner, he's dragging guys with him. Opening up the pass game, Zandir there right down the middle. Of course, we talked about that earlier. But I see as Richie Karstein is going to be this year's Eric Nangle, where as he goes, as that offensive line opens holes for him, they're going to wear down defenses just like they did Boyertown tonight. And they've got a lot of positive to look forward to. Yeah, Karstein with 10 carries in the first half, just one needed in the second and that was enough to score from 15 yards out for his first and only touchdown of the game. 
So 11 carries, 84 yards in the score. They did sub in Redding, Caceres. Caceres ended up the second leading uh, runner tonight with 14 yards on five carries. Rotelli ended up picking up 25 on the ground on four carries uh, from the quarterback position. And then Redding and Schlaffer uh, both picking up a handful of carries as well. And you mentioned even as far as the defense in the first half, yes, of course, the second half is what it was. But as far as the defense coming up stout, only giving up 20 yards 20 in the first yards, half. Yep, 20 yards there in the first half. So certainly the defense came ready to play stout as always. And I'll tell you what, this Exeter team the rest of the year, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them because you take a look at some of the teams that they're playing against, they're having down years. Governor Mifflin's having a little bit of a down year. Certainly are. Oh, producer Jerry is. We have uh, Rick Hunter, our, our uh, reporter, to talk to Exeter coach Matt Bauer. Take it away, Rick. Rick Hunter here with Jerry Geloff Media with Coach Bauer. Coach, nice showing tonight after a 35 to nothing win over Daniel Boone last week. Is this a different Boyertown team than you saw last year, or what are your thoughts on this uh, on this game here? Well, hats off to Boyertown. They never quit. They fought to the end, you know, and that was a testament to their fortitude. Uh, you know, overall, we probably I probably pulled my ones a little bit too early, gave them a little bit of uh, momentum. And we wanted to see what our second unit could do in, in some spots. And clearly, the eye-opening thing we took away from this is we definitely need to, uh, to strengthen our second unit. Uh, our depth is definitely an area of concern for us. So last season, you, you know, you go deep into states with the team that you had. This year, you still have the strength. And last year, you had what you probably are your first this year or your seconds last year in some aspects. What are your thoughts moving forward in the season going into, you know, against Governor Mifflin again in two weeks? What are your thoughts progressing as through the season? We just got to eliminate a lot of mistakes. And there's a lot of things to clean up. Too many penalties, costly penalties in situations, uh, personnel mistakes, and all things that are correctable. And that's on us. Uh, it's going to be a long week of practice, but we'll get it all cleaned up. Mason Ratelli stepping in this year for Colin Payne graduating last year. Great job out of him. What are your thoughts on that young man? Well, again, he made a, he made an, a very nice improvement from week one to week two, and he had a great week one. So, uh, you know, just keep taking steps in the right direction. He managed the game. He made great decisions tonight, and he protected the football. Not so much of Joey Schlaffer in the second half of the game, obviously, maybe getting him ready for Penn State, I, I hear. <laughs> so, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on Joey going forward in the season? Use him when you need to? Well, I mean, obviously, we need to, we need to use him to win football games. You know, he's a tremendous weapon, and he's, you know, he gives us a tremendous advantage in so many aspects of the game. Uh, we will do what we need to do to be, make him as successful and our team as successful as possible. Absolutely. So, last question, Coach, going into West New York next week. What are your thoughts with the team right now? Was this a good test for you guys, or are you thinking that as the season progresses, that you know you, the challenges aren't really there right now? Again, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Boyertown. As I said, they fought to the end. We have to we have to improve from week to week, and uh, I think we definitely need to take a step forward next week. We can't overlook anyone. You know, we built this program on one week at a time, and we're not going to start looking down the road now. You know, so West York's the next one. On, <laughs> Our next opponent, we're going to do everything we can to be successful against them. As usual, one week at a time. Well, congratulations tonight, Coach, and good luck with the rest of the season. Thank you. Thank you. We are back in the booth. Thank you, Rick Hunter, for the post-game interview with Coach Matt Bauer. A couple interesting things that he said. 
that depth could be a concern. Obviously, if, if you're expecting to go deep into the season and deep into the playoffs, you need to have depth. And certainly with what we saw there, that is a challenge for Exeter. Certainly is. Like I said, you saw the, the, the major difference in Savage in the first half against first-teamers from Exeter versus Savage in the second half against second-teamers from Exeter. It was night and day difference. It was like two completely different teams out on the field. So you stop your Savage. He had, what, maybe like 19 yards. He probably had all the yards that they had in the first half. He probably had all 20 of them. One of those quick hits up the middle that he probably took her 15 or 17 and then a couple other uh, dink and dunks. But, but yeah, certainly a, a much different team there in the second half. Again, we talked about them pulling Schlaffer immediately. Um, you know, he discussed a little bit about pulling his, his first-teamers early up 37 to nothing, and look, you can't really blame them all that much. The game's in hand at that point, and you get to take a look at your second team. And quite obviously, he didn't like what he saw from his second team. <laughs> but you don't know these things until you insert them into game time, uh, you know, types of, of playing like this. I mean, just playing against a hungry team like Boyertown, who did play up until the final whistle. And that is absolutely a boon for uh, they, that Exeter second team, and especially for head coach Bauer, who's able to see what he has in reserves and know exactly where he needs to pick up the slack. Certainly tonight served two purposes. Number one, your ones did what they were supposed to do, and you found out as we're talking about what your twos can do. So uh, certainly an eye-opener, I'm sure. I don't think he was probably expecting Boyertown to be able to do that much against his twos. So, again, uh, he said it's going to be a long week of practice. They've got some mistakes, some issues. Uh, certainly penalties still pose an issue, even in this game. Sure. So, certainly a lot to talk about. So, next week coming up, the aforementioned West York. It'll be their second meeting. Last year, they blanked West York 42 to nothing. And taking a look at how West York has been playing this year, well, they lost to Elko. They lost to my alma mater, 44-22. Elko, their second win coming last night against Anvil Cleona. Uh, that was a 22-19 victory on the road because Anvil Cleona still doesn't have lights. Not surprising that they had to play yesterday. But, uh, you know, losing to Elko, losing to a team that is, you know, firmly in the 4A picture, um, you know, pretty handily. You know, they play Red Lion here tonight. I'm not quite sure how that game is going, but then you have Exeter coming up uh, in a game that, once again, should be very similar to tonight. We'll see exactly how much gas West York comes with, uh, you know, potentially against second teamers next week. But you could be looking at a 3-0 record going into a game at Governor Mifflin. And we talk about Governor Mifflin, certainly not the team they were a year ago. Obviously, you lose an... Nick Singleton goes without saying, but there was other Division One talent on that team as well in the secondary. And not only could they score, that defense was very stout, much like Exeter's was. So going into that game, they should have a lot of confidence. But just like we talked here, they're still going to have to go out and execute. It's not a matter of putting it in your head, oh, well, they're not what they used to be, and we handled them last year, so this will be fine. It's still going to be the same intensity. It's still going to be, yeah, we're 3-0, and but every week we're 0-0. Zero and zero. Every week we're trying to go 1-0, and and you've got to go through with that mentality the entire year. 
or you can get complacent and lightning will strike. Sure, and I'd certainly expect Coach Bauer to learn from what he may see as a mistake here tonight of you know pulling out his first-teamers early. So he may see them in a little bit longer against West York if the score starts getting out of hand like that. But you know, all intentions would be that certainly we could be looking at a very similar game next week, and we'll see what Exeter is able to pull from this experience here this week and pull uh, you know going forward through the season. And certainly expect next week to see a lot of Richie Karstein. Didn't see as much Carter Redding in the backfield tonight, but certainly knowing he's here, Pharrell Caceres, certainly an option. So, again, we talked about the different options that Exeter does have, but I think it's going to run through Richie Karstein. I mean, Karstein was just an absolute animal tonight whenever he touched the football. He only had two carries for less than, well, should say he had a fall on that one. So I almost want to remove that from the equation. If it wasn't for that, he would have averaged 8.2 yards a carry. That's that math I can, I can do on 10 carries. That's, that's easy. That's just moving a decimal point. But, uh, you know, at that, if you're handing it off to Karstein and he's ripping off runs like that, you know, he started off the game with a run of 7, run of 9, run of 10, 15, 8, 11, 5, and then the 15-yard touchdown. You know, if he's ripping off things like that, you know, why hand the ball off to anybody else? That's right. You set play the your tone. hot hand. Yep, he set the tone early, basically told Boyertown, go ahead and stop me and stop my offensive line. They couldn't, and like you mentioned, he ripped off those long runs early. Certainly did. So once again, next week is playing against West York. Last year they beat them 42 nothing. They'll look to do the same here coming up on Friday, September 9th. It'll be a 7 o'clock kickoff. We'll be here once again at 6.45, correct? That is correct. That is absolutely correct. Uh, Ryan, I don't recall if you thanked our uh, I most certainly crew. did. Okay. We, did, right. we uh, did that at halftime. Okay. I was a little busy. As Thank we you. would expect. Yes. Jerry's out here schmoozing, kissing hands, shaking babies, the whole nine yards. In that order. In that order. Mostly the shaking baby part. Yeah. Just stay away from my kid. <laughs> she's only she's only a month old. Please do not shake her. <laughs> okay, that one I won't shake. All right. Appreciate it. Well, we'll be here next week. So for everyone here in the booth, a big thank you to Jerry as always. Big thank you to our sponsors. You know, and we'll be here myself, Darren. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening. Well, you've listened to the Exeter Sports Network. Thank you for joining us for your District 3 champion Exeter Eagles football on the Exeter Sports Network. The game has been brought to you by Penn State Health St. Joseph Medical Center on the web at pennstatehealth.org. The new Birdies Inn and Mikey LeBron Realtor. Join us next week when the Eagles will be home to take on the West York area Bulldogs. You can listen to the game at jgmedia.us. This has been a presentation of Jerry Gelliff Media. Good night.